0: My next guest on today's podcast is Ajita Shah.
1: Thank you very much Anis for having me. I'm very excited to have this conversation with you.
0: Ajita is a founder, a holistic healer, a spiritual practitioner, and more importantly, a person to somebody you should not miss out this podcast about.
1: I am going to connect with my my soul is going to connect with your soul at a very on a very different dimension. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to be privy to who and what is Anise
0: all about. Her entire perspective about healing and how each one of us should probably get into a healing practice would really amaze you about her thoughts and our perspective about her own personal journey and the life she has touched. She was darker, fatter, you know,
1: all of that, so... Her uh, her confidence was completely shattered. We worked on that. Now she's a pretty well confident woman. She just messaged me her husband and uh, her are now they've been in a rental their whole life. Okay. Now they're buying
0: a home in London. Our innovative practice about H I I H, which is holistic, integrated, intuitive healing practice has really helped her touch many lives and change many lives through this entire practice. So not revealing much about it and without much further ado, let me get on with it. Hi Ajita, welcome to Masters Decoded Season 3. Really glad to have you on the show today.
1: Thank you very much, Anis, for having me. I'm very excited to have this conversation with you.
0: And I was personally looking forward to this discussion because, uh, you know, I have been on a self-discovery, self-growth journey for the last three years, but especially there have been series of events which have happened in the last one year, which have uh, got me introduced, or I would say introduced, uh, I've been introduced to a lot of folks uh practices and themes and you know i when i looked at your profile and my team did a lot of research on what you do got me really excited for this conversation so thank you for taking time out uh it's it's an absolute honor and pleasure to have you on the show today uh so let's dive in and the first thing which kind of caught my attention was h-i-i-h uh it's an acronym uh which you talk about which you believe in which you practice and which you uh, share with others. So, you want to explain for the benefit of the audience what is HIIH and what is the genesis of that?
2: Oh,
1: that's a long one, but I'm going to do my best to keep this uh, concise. So, HIIH actually stands for Holistic Integrative Intuitive Healing. And it came about, um, so this, its origins are. When I finished university, so I went to study psychology, child mm-hmm. development. And I wanted, you know, like a lot of people, you know, especially with degrees and, you know, education, we come out into the world and we we want to make an impact. We want to change the world. Mm-hmm. Um, so as I, it so happened that I started working with children with special needs. Um, and, of course, their parents. Mm-hmm. Now there are two very distinct situations and episodes that happened that really hit me hard because I suddenly had to come face to face with that the degrees that I had on the wall and the purported education I had was insufficient to do the work that I needed to do.
2: Mm-hmm. The
1: intention that I had to change the world and to get people well, uh, for some reason, was not working, and there was a missing piece. So the education in itself was very valuable, but there was something else that needed to be stitched in. And it was also an Easter time when my own awakening was getting uh, sort of blown open. Um, and so
0: I was how, too young how did to that happen? at the time. I'm sorry, I'm interrupting. How did that awakening happen?
1: <laughs> so I'll tell you very quickly. Uh, there was a young four-year-old girl who was my client. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, you know, she, uh, was, she had down syndrome
2: okay.
1: and she was a tiny little girl at four, you know, and one day she came, uh, to my clinic and she had a really big burn mark or on her entire wow. forearm. And it was really horrible looking, you know, I could tell that she was in a lot of pain. And of course she couldn't explain to me how that came about. So when her mother came, uh, to, to pick her up, I sat her down and, you know, and I was all of 23 at the time. Mm-hmm. And I sat her down and, you know, I asked her what happened. And she said, Oh, I was uh, cooking and uh, she picked up my husband's glasses and threw them out of uh, the window, you know, seven floors. And I got really annoyed and I just picked up uh, the ladle or the tava actually. Mm -hmm. And she said, I just smacked it on her arm. Now, you know, I was horrified as you are, firstly, you know, on just a humanity basis. And then I was just like, what are you doing? Like, how can you um, discipline a young child who has their own mental challenges in this way? And I think I really came from from this place of um, all-knowingness, Uh, And she said to me, she said, she asked me two very simple questions. She said, "Um, do you have children? I said, no. She said, are you married? I said, no. And she said, oh, then you won't understand what I'm talking about and where I'm coming from. And I said, no, that's not possible because look at the degrees on my wall. And she goes, but you won't understand. You know, and that really sort of, hit me that there was, the way she spoke to me, I knew that I didn't know. Mm-hmm. And it led to me doing a lot of introspection very quickly. I, I think I got quite depressed because I couldn't eat. I, I got emotionally very upset and I decided to close my practice.
2: Wow. Okay. Okay.
1: Uh, There was another young child, you know, who came from a diamond family, very, very rich. He became blind because they had to put a shunt in his brain. And during the surgery, he lost his eyesight and he would come and all he would do was hit himself on his thighs. Hmm. Um, And, you know, a driver would come drop him. Nobody was interested in him, you know, and being young and being sensitive and you know it just felt very overwhelming that you know you're in front of all of these problems and you don't know how to help people overcome them so I closed my practice mm. and I went very much inward because I didn't know now what to do you know I wasn't going to work in uh, psychology for a bit funnily enough Anise. One day when I was coming back home, um, and I lived in Bandra in Bombay. Okay. Now I was coming back from uni, and I suddenly saw Raheja School of Architecture on a road that I had gone by I don't know how many hundreds of times, and I didn't know it existed.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Right? And something just said, now I'm in the middle of my master's program. Mm-hmm. I jumped off. I went inside. I always wanted to do architecture when I was younger, but then I moved from Delhi to Bombay and there were just a lot of complications. Um, And I enrolled in the program of interior design.
0: Wow. From psychology to interior designing. Interesting. Yes. Okay.
1: And, you know, when you have high, when in hindsight, I realized that I followed my intuition Mm-hmm. And there was a reason why it was shown to me when it was,
0: mm-hmm.
1: because then I got into design headfirst. Okay. Because I thought, there's no human emotion here. I'm not dealing with, you know, people and their minds. And, you know, if I break a chair, who cares? Yeah. While I was working in uh, in the design field, I was doing a lot of introspection. And you know what the journey is like. I've been on the journey since I was four. I'm okay. very clear and aware of that. But it was on a very different note. Mm-hmm. But with this uh, episode and therefore my decision, um, you know, I started to meditate, and I started to do a lot of different things, and a lot of answers started coming. And I realized through all of that, that the work needs to be done at the soul level. Mm -hmm. Everything is at the soul level, and the mind is but a small component. So the psychology that I had studied is but one small aspect of Mm. The healing process. And then I began to build on that. What does the soul mean? How is this? So it was a bit of a long process, to be honest, Denise. But then I came to the conclusion that our thoughts, our beliefs, our emotions, karma, which is a really big component, which has a multitude of things in it, all of these things disease, the body, everything needs to be looked at completely and holistically for an individual to get well and healed. Mm. And they all work simultaneously. And every individual has their own blueprint. So a one size fits all course Is very limiting. Yeah. So that is where H and then of course H I I H because this was all a very internal process. And then people started asking me, What is the name of what you do? What is the name of what you do? Right? And they would say, Do you do Reiki? Do you do this? And I'm like, No, no, no. Then I thought I need to come up with a name. So H I I H was born.
0: Wow. Now, when you completed your interior design program. Did you end up taking up a job or doing programs or getting people's house done up or commercial properties done up or uh, did you realize and you said, no, you know, I probably want to get on to my own personal practice and coaching in a different way. No,
1: I worked in design for a long time. So just as I was finishing, there was a, um, an ad agency or something. It's been so long but I think they were an ad agency, and they know mm-hmm. I'm. I can't even remember how they found me, and I was this young, you know, fresh out of uh, the course. They took me to a jeweler that was on, uh, actually, had come out of the very bazaar in Bandra, right Turner a road in uh, Linking Road, uh, and I started to do. He wanted to up his sales,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and I'd done a quick course in. Um, window design, window dressing. So I suggested, and he had beautiful, massive windows in his showroom. uh, And that was my first project. And it went phenomenally well. I mean, I couldn't even believe it. His sales went up by like 40%. And, you know, and then, so I basically worked for myself. One thing led to another. I did a lot of homes. I did some restaurants. I did this. Um, but I didn't do it. You know the funny thing is, because the path was to be different mm-hmm. this was all a filler, okay, so, as well as I was doing in my mind, and as well as everybody was happy, it did not propel the way I would have liked to see it.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: and it was a very circuitous journey, you know, um. But to answer your question, that is actually what did happen. So I was doing introspection. I was having a lot of epiphanies. I was doing a lot of healing for people, which I have been doing in an unorganized way most of my life. Okay. Um, but that is kind of how it happened.
0: And when you look back your psychology uh, and you know what you were working with children and their parents and then you know the interior designing and now being a complete holistic healer come teacher come spiritual practitioner uh you know do you have an urge to go back to those parents and to those back to the children to check out what's happening have they been healed or uh did you go back uh, that's the question i have for you or you didn't have an opportunity to get back to them
1: I didn't, you know, this is such a phenomenal thing. It's really triggered something in my mind, Denise. Um, and it brings up a lot of regret. But I think, uh, my youthfulness mm-hmm. did not sort of allow me to, I kind of left that behind, um, in many ways. You know, I, this was before, uh, phones and computers yep. and, you know, computers were just coming into the market. So it was hard to keep up and keep Mm -hmm. in touch with people. But I also have to be honest and say it was quite traumatic for me that I didn't even turn. Today, I would give a lot to go back and be in touch with those people and see where those children are at. They would be grown up and, you know, and how how they're faring in life.
0: Uh, And you threw many things when you were talking about how did HIH and I would love to double click on each one of them. So you spoke about one thing, uh, which is so true, uh, which often with me personally, uh, you know, I've never seen that working, Uh, that, you know, there are many courses, there are many programs that say, hey, you know, we'll get everybody in the room and we'll coach them, we'll mentor them, we'll heal them. But to your point, everyone has their own blueprint. That's why each one of us are unique. We have our own DNA strands which are unique to us. Yes, our DNAs will match with other DNAs, but it's not necessary that we are 100% match unless we have a Siamese twin, that's a different that's a different point. But to the point about uh, the blueprint and, you know, individualized, specific personalized programs, how do you define and identify a person's blueprint because that's the most difficult aspect of of being a healer or a spiritual person or somebody who's coaching others uh, you know how do you identify somebody's blueprint and what will work for them and may not work for them so there are two aspects the
1: healer's job and i only speak for myself sure when i talk about the soul now that's a whole Different space. Yep. When you talk about coaching, most coaching is at the mind level.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Right? Most courses appeal to the mind. Because a large part of the population is very left-brained. Mm-hmm. Prove to me, I don't believe in this, this is, you know, woo-woo and humbug and you know stuff like that. Because we've been trained in society to think that way, the healing art, so the healing science actually mm-hmm. has has been left behind. Yeah. It's coming back, thank God. So they do very distinctly different things, and that's a distinction that most people are not aware of.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Coaches will give you skills and tools. To overcome situations in their lives
2: mm-hmm.
1: through thinking and through doing. Mm-hmm. In my healing, I am looking at Anis mm-hmm. through a very intuitive process where my and I apologize if this sounds so way out there. No, no. But literally, I am going to connect with my my soul is going to connect with your soul at a very on a very different dimension. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to be privy to who and what is Anise all about from many lifetimes ago to today. Okay. And it's very intuitive. It's very esoteric. It is, there are no words yet, yet in our dictionary to really describe what that is all about. Yeah. And then... And that's why I never do healing for anybody without their permission, Mm
2: -hmm.
1: because you're going into an extremely sacred space and they have to say, yeah, it's okay. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's the fundamental difference. And then we dive into the thoughts and the wounding and all of that at a much, much, much deeper level and then work from there up, so my healing has two components, okay? I think it's a psychology in me, psychologist in me, um where I have a counseling piece, mm-hmm. but evolved it evolved from my healing. I started out when I came back into this. I was a pure healer. Okay. You would come in front of me, people would come in front of me. I would just do my thing. they would feel better, and that would be the end of the process. But then I started to realize that they functioned in the real world mm-hmm. and they behave and they think and they operate and that is what creates their reality and unless that changes, the healing is not permanent because my intention and my promise to myself was that I would rather that they never came back because it was a permanent transformation and healing and cure. Mm-hmm. so then slowly in speaking with them counseling them and that's where the teaching component then came which are mutually exclusive they can be but with my clients that are with in front of me one-on-one they're they are sort of intermeshed
0: uh you know I've reviewed this earlier in bits and pieces in this podcast specifically and in some other videos but I'm on this personal growth transformation. And as part of that, healing is one of the big factors. Uh, I have uh, never, I would say I'm, uh, prior to October 2022, I was a big non-believer in meditation. Uh, It's not that uh, for any reason. It's just that whenever I try to practice it, uh, and I was, my mind is, as, as it's called, it's a monkey mind, but mine was a hyper monkey mind. And if I shut my eyes, I can't just concentrate. I, I My mind would just go all over. But there was this program which I attended. Uh, it's called the Life Plugin Summit in 2022, in October. And that introduced me to a lot of practices, like not just meditation, but breath work and many of gratitude practice. And there are many of these practices which I got introduced. And after that, I had a coach uh who uh, and that coaching is not a coaching per se like it's like the holistic one Uh, Mm -hmm. i've i've had a coach which was more of a professional coach way back in 2019 and 2020 but this was more of a holistic like which touch your mind your soul and self-expression including the body uh, which has really helped me open up my eyes and uh, earlier in february i had a Plant medicine practice as well as part of this entire healing process Uh, and uh, those episodes and the breath work combined I can say I'm a big believer now Uh, I do understand but uh, you know there's this part of which you said connecting with soul now like you said it's a very sacred place but it's a very dark place also Uh, like a healer which you are you can uncover the dark areas of a soul uh and uh, I would use a word dangerous uh which may be hidden or not unknowingly or knowingly by the other individual whom you are uh you know healing you know how do you protect yourself before you protect others because it can really disturb you it can really harm you more than anything else so how do you ensure that you are protected as part of that?
1: So when I started out, this is such an incredible, uh, e- even th- to have this awareness, you know, mm-hmm. I-, I applaud you. Um, when I started out in in my younger days, uh, you know, I was just enthusiastic to do and, you know, I was, you know, clearing and I was doing and I was a little bit clueless about what I was doing and, you know, and there was no protection. Mm-hmm. So every week I would work for three days and I would be sick for three days. Mm-hmm. and sick violently sick like i would be in bed i wouldn't be able to get out i would be throwing up i would have you know emotional issues i could get very angry you know firstly being an empath and you need to have an open soul to be able to do this work to to give and receive so i was walking around all open in all ways and absorbing all of this and mm-hmm. it was very damaging. Mm. And then um, I actually met a healer from Israel. Okay. Who, a couple of sentences that he said to me that really helped me get on this track of creating a more organized system for myself and to do the work. So um, we were talking and, you know, and I mentioned that I'm I'm getting sick all the time and this is so hard to continue. And he goes, are you protecting yourself? And I'm like, excuse me? And he goes, if you're not going to protect yourself, then of course you're going to be in trouble. Hmm. So he was the first one to introduce me to um, uh, you know, a very basic way of protecting myself. And I started to do that, you know, since then I have created a, a pretty advanced version of that. And, um, it is the first thing I do when I wake up Okay, before I step out of bed. Um, and I teach this to all of my clients because, Even as individuals, as we're walking about, we're picking up energies and not only from each other, but there is this empty space is more than hydrogen and oxygen. There are a lot of energies and entities and not ghosts alone, but you know, many, many other types of energies that are there that impact us. So everybody needs protection and grounding. But this is something that I do. I do still, um, you know, get derailed off and on but now it is few few and far between
0: Hmm, interesting now let's switch sides now for a person who's getting healed uh and as you tap into their soul it may uncover things for them which can get them be dangerous you know and uh you know i've shared this with Others, you know, I have had people who've been through the exercise, then they've never been suicidal, as an example. They suddenly become suicidal as part of this exercise, Uh, or they have self-doubt, which starts becoming a more prominent piece. Uh, And it's all part of the healing process, but that moment or that phase can be really dangerous for that individual. So how do you protect the other person now, Uh, A reverse question, because like you said, you have your own practices and, you know, if you're open, you can share that. But for others who the clients are, you know, it can get a little bad. And I have seen, you know, in the healing process, it's called purging. You know, you can purge in many ways uh, as part of your healing process. And these purges can be depending upon how deep the trauma is, how deep that dark side is. uh, your purging can be more aggravated. So how do you ensure that the other side is protected?
1: I'm going to say something that is not going to be very popular. Okay. Okay. and Go for I, it. I. So the purging that you talk about, I don't do that. Mm-hmm. Okay. So now ayahuasca, you know, plant different types of plant medicine, and a lot of practices that are out there that people get together for a weekend, they do whatever they do, they purge, and then they go back home.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Right. I am critically against this. Oh, and I'll tell okay. you why. This is a semi money making scheme. Okay. as far as I'm concerned, right? So I'm not saying you don't get a benefit from it, but the, uh, the downside is way bigger, and I'll tell you why. So when you go back into the history of these things, when the shamans mm-hmm. would do these ayahuasca ceremonies for people, you had the teacher, the shaman, mm-hmm. with you before, and they came to the conclusion that this ceremony is going to help you. Then they were with you during. And then they supported you through, excuse my French, but the shit that came up. Yeah. The problem is not the purging. The problem is how are you managing now the crap that has come to the surface?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: How are you making sense of it and continue? That purge lasts a long time. And that is your dangerous period, yeah. which in modern society, and this modern healing, they do this thing for three days, one day, two days, yeah. and then they send you off, and now you're on your own, and you are now in touch with your shadow, obvious and not, uh, and you don't have the tools to manage it, and you don't mm-hmm. have anybody else who's holding your hand. Yeah. Who is that level of a spiritual healer who can do it so i'll tell you a client of mine who had been working with me for one year and doing brilliantly well okay decided to go for one of these ceremonies because one of her friends was in being sort of um certifying herself in in plant medicine and kept telling her you gotta come you gotta come you gotta come now, this lady, as well as she was doing, she had some very dark places. With me, also, she was okay. unwilling to go to. So, I was unraveling that one petal at a time. Mm-hmm. And she goes to California. She, she lives in the States. So, she went to California for a weekend. Okay. And we had spoken about this and I had, see, it's not my place to tell anybody what to do, mm-hmm. but we had, a, we, were, we had a great relationship. And so, I did tell her honestly why I think she was not ready for it. Okay. But she decided to go. She came back after three days and she had completely lost it she picked up fights she came back firstly with with a bit of an attitude that i'm healed and i know and what i have experienced is the be all and end all of it and she picked a fight with me she picked a fight with so we had a group she had brought a whole bunch of people to me her friends and even her mother who was suffering from cancer you know she was such a big proponent of my work so i knew what was happening with all of them and her and she picked a fight with everybody and she got really alienated. Um, and it's because now all the things that were coming up, she did not know how to manage them. And if we do it the way it was intended to be done, yeah. see a lot of this stuff that we're talking about in healing, is ancient wisdom, Anis?
2: Yeah.
1: And it has it has been done for thousands and thousands of years back then in a certain way, in a very responsible way.
2: Yeah.
1: Today we're taking components of it and running with them with very incomplete knowledge, information and skills, if I may say so. Yeah. And so the the receivers sometimes are more at a disadvantage than at an advantage. Hmm. You know, even with courses, I'll tell you, if I may, when I started way back when, I decided to read some books, self-help books. You know, there's a plethora of incredible knowledge there. Yeah. And I would read the testimonials and people would say, my God, this changed my life and this happened, that happened. I read five books.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And at the end of each book, I was pretty well the same. Mm-hmm. So I started to feel maybe I was stupid. Maybe something was drastically wrong with me because now I've read not one, not two, not but a five books and I haven't had an iota of a difference and a change.
0: Yeah.
1: Right? books appeal to a very different part of us yeah and they train us from a very different part you know when you're looking for healing and all of these things um there are many many other things we have to consider
0: yeah so can i meaning build on this like you mentioned that healing and healing practices are ancient wisdoms and they've been followed for many many years and you did say that earlier that healing as a practice, both from a practitioner and from the person who's receiving it, uh, it's coming back, which is a good thing. Uh, But somewhere, to your point earlier, it's being done in pockets, not being done holistically. Uh, At least for me, what I have seen and what I have realized, uh, and I'll share it because I'm on this journey, uh, not through self-help, but with people around me and ensuring that they're there as part of this journey, uh, it's not a, you know, you do it once and you forget it. Uh, and you, you exactly. feel like you said that you're healed, uh, you know, uh, you know that, and you said it's a multi-layered uh, healing process also. And, uh, you know, life is, pardon my French, is shit, right? While you heal every day, you may pick up things in your life every day, right? Exactly. So it, it's not that you heal. It's like you're playing a game. On a, on a street or on a ground, and you're bound to fall, as an example. And if you fall, you will get hurt, and you may have some scratches, you may have big bruises, you may fracture, you may... So the healing or the issues can be small or large, but over a period of time, there's a snowball effect, and they just build up. So, you know, as a healer, do you see people on a journey where they say, I'm done with this, you know, I'm not... Versus people who've been on the journey, you know, over a period of time, they become better and better as things get, you know, much better. So how, you know, what's what's your perspective? And, you know, do people should do, they do it short term or should they continue on this journey for a long time?
1: So firstly, I'll say the big umbrella thing is that we are here mm-hmm. on a healing journey.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Now, most of us don't indulge in it. Most of us don't know it. Mm -hmm. And at some point in our lives, which is normally later in our lives, we start to ask this big, deep question, why am I here? Mm -hmm. I am all about wanting to tell people why they are here when they're very little. So from a journey perspective, this is an entire journey. Now, your question is more that when we're on a conscious journey. Yeah. So... Like if you are going to eat healthy, Mm
2: -hmm.
1: you're going to go to the gym. This is a forever thing to do. Mm -hmm. You start somewhere and as you, you know, it builds on it, you learn new things, you are become a higher vibrational being, you know, and it's all, at the end of the day, it's becoming a higher vibrational being with everything that we do. As we heal and drop off the gunk, And you know as we you know I'm I I will even say we don't have to do a lot of practices Mm -hmm. if we can offload we're already clean Mm -hmm. and then if we do some very fundamental things like even just stillness Mm -hmm. you know going back to when you said I didn't like meditating uh, I have a lot of clients who say, oh, you know, I can't meditate. Well, of course you can't. It is it is uh, contrary to what have, we have been taught. We're more a doing society, um, you know, and imagine telling somebody, get your answers by doing nothing. Yeah. Like they'll think you're nuts, but now we are talking about the wisdom of that,
2: yeah.
1: um, you know, And so, uh, I lost my train of thought. Uh, What was I talking about? I'm sorry, Anis.
0: No, you were talking about the continuous healing process of how... Correct. Yeah.
1: Yeah, so, you know, and then it's a practice. Mm -hmm. So, then you will say, okay, now you went to some courses where they gave you some tools... The tools are less important. The doing and creating the habit is more important, right? So to your point, this is, you might not do the same thing forever, Mm -hmm. but doing something forever is absolutely imperative. Now going back to one of the questions you asked me uh, about with my clients. So when I started, because I was unsure how I would be received, yeah. You know, for years, I didn't tell people what I do. Okay. You know, I, yeah. I said I, I was in a cave. Well, because, you know, there was so much judgment. I mean, even today, I have lost friends in the last couple of years okay. because they are wounded. Okay. Therefore, they're afraid of what I might find just through a regular relationship. They don't understand And therefore, what we don't understand, we let go of. So back in the day, today at least healing is becoming a thing. 25, 30 years ago, it was not a thing unless you were like a monk. Or
0: people would say you are a San Sadhu or a a Peer Muhammad. uh,
1: Exactly. That's who you had to be, right? So, then you were qualified that, okay, you know, if somebody went to a peer or somebody went to a Babaji or a Pandit, they had uh, the, you know, what it takes. Yeah. You know, me, little girl in my jeans and my top and whatever, you know, like, what do you know? So, I wouldn't tell anybody. Mm -hmm. Um, But coming back to, so I, when I started, then I would say, oh, okay, only four weeks, one month. And I would take an immediate problem and work with it. Okay. Today, I am at a place where I say to people, if you're coming to me at 30, 40, and 50 years old, mm-hmm. you have 50 years of problems that you have amassed. Okay. Uh, so it's not going away You know, uh, anytime soon. Mm-hmm. You have to work through it. And which is why, for me, uh, the shadow work that you were talking about, you know, we, we take one thing at a time, there is that uh, resistance, people don't want to go there. And then, you know, I'll touch upon it, circle back, come back, you know, it's a process so that the person is ready and willing and in a place to see themselves in the mirror through their shadow. The entire drama here is for us to suppress the shadow and for our ego to come up and, and us be somebody that we would like to be and in our shadow we're not, right? That's the whole game. So it is a long process. Yeah. You know, I say minimum three months. I have rarely had anybody leave in three months. Most of the people stay for at least 12 months and a lot changes because then we're looking at their money, we're looking at their relationship, we're looking at their health, we're looking at, you know, and then they start to see how they're all connected. They all come to me with one very specific immediate problem perhaps, whether it's an illness or a relationship or money or whatever it might be. And then, as we start working, everything starts to get better. Hmm. So well, it is a process; it takes time.
0: But sometimes, uh, in that process, people just want to give up, or people just feel like you know there are new, bru- new, new bruises or new—I uh, would say—issues which crop up, which kind of deter them from the path, or which kind of deter them, saying that. You know, I'm I'm not enjoying this, or this is not working out for me. Uh, and healing as a process, like you said, it, it, it's a process and it takes time. Uh, but people in this day and age, where quick delivery, quick service is 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 something which we all have got accustomed to. How do you ensure that people are at it? for a long long haul right they are playing the game of a marathon or they are running a marathon rather than just doing sprints uh, which today all of us are in that dna age of technology that we all want to run sprints
1: so you know Anis, the 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 decision mm-hmm. of the client to stay with me is theirs mm-hmm. they can leave at any time they know that they're not bound in a contract i don't take 12 months worth of money upfront that you know now they're tied no you can leave at any time so they're one of the things that i say to a person who comes to me to understand what i do and if i can help them is i tell them this is not a three minute seven second five day you know that the sales process i said if that's what you want i i will not give that to you yeah though People do have instantaneous uh, benefits in healing, but I don't market it that way because I think it is wrong and it is a disservice to the client. Mm -hmm. So I tell them that it is going to take time and they'll say, how much time? I'll say, you know, it depends on how much we want to clean, right? And then I, I let them know that they will decide as in the first few weeks they start to feel the benefit and they continue to see the benefit you you have to be coming from a a not very smart place to say i'm getting all of this and you know i'm going to quit they don't want to quit so i'll give you a quick example if i may sure please so a lady I was working with, me, uh, with referred her sister to me okay. who lives in, in London, England.
2: Okay.
1: Uh, so she spoke to me about her sister uh, as being an, a complete failure in life. Okay. About 40 years of age and really not very much to show for herself. Hmm. But one of the big things was she had a recent diagnosis for something called autoimmune hepatitis okay um so then i spoke to this lady uh because she didn't know what this was about she wanted to find out um we had a nice hour-long chat she asked me all the questions and she said okay i'm gonna give this a shot Hmm. so we started and when we started for me so she had diabetes she had um high blood pressure And she had this autoimmune um, hepatitis. Now, we all know that autoimmune disease has no cure. Mm -hmm. Diabetes can be managed, but, you know, it doesn't really go away. Mm -hmm. So we started, she had many other things that, you know, um, she had this feeling that snakes were rolling inside of her. That was her really big thing among many other things. And the first week the snakes were gone. Nice. In about a month and a half, uh, so when a person is under the treatment of a doctor, I do not interfere with that because that's unethical, irresponsible and illegal. Yeah. So, whatever treatment you're under, you by all means will continue to do that. Mm-hmm. So, she was on three auto, uh, uh, immunosuppressants a day. Okay, wow. Month and a half later, the doctor reduced her to one aut- immunosuppressant a day. Wow. So, you see, why when a client is experiencing this, yep. she was in a uh, three-month part-time contract position and had no hope for anything else, had not been doing very well professionally. So at the end of three months of working together, the lady whose position she had taken over was not going to come back and she was made permanent in that very position.
0: Wow, good for her.
1: Then she had confidence issues. Very poor, very, very low self-esteem. She had never shared with anybody, but she had been sexually abused between the ages of 10 and 18 by the tuition teacher in her own home. Oh, wow. Uh, okay. Her parents, you know, she was darker, fatter, you know, all of that. So her, uh, her confidence was completely shattered. We worked on that. Now, she's a pretty well-confident woman, right? She just messaged me, her husband and uh, her are now, they've been in a rental their whole life. Okay. Now, they're buying a home in London. Good for her. Right? So, you see the plethora of benefits. Yep. And it's hard to explain. She came with one thing, but then, you know, when, when I sit in front of my client and I take that entire, I need that snapshot, mm-hmm. and then I know what all to work, and everything is is connected, mm-hmm. right? So they keep working, they keep benefiting, they keep staying. Hmm.
2: Yeah. Does that make sense?
0: No, it makes sense in this... Uh... I would say the story which you have shared with one of your clients uh, about one of your clients is really heartwarming because uh, what I have realized in my own journey that healing you know there's so much your mind can achieve uh, because of the trauma the the issues you've had or an individual has your mind starts believing something else where you can retrain your mind to believe and you know, heal your own body and heal its own mind, and heal the heart, and heal every part of your body, which basically is seen outward. Uh, and I have seen that personally happening for me. Uh, you know, uh, so uh, this really motivates me personally further to continue on the healing journey. Uh, but you know, yeah, you know, let's let's switch gears, uh, Ajita, because uh, there is so much about you which I would like to uncover. You know how did toronto happen you know what got you to from bombay you know bandra and you know the places which you've lived by what got you to canada
1: sadly it's not a happy story okay so um you know my my husband and i when you know we we got married we ran into some family issues okay and the family, and and you know, that, that was really bizarre because everything was going brilliantly well and one fine day with all of us being exactly the same person, it was not. Oh. And then it became a really, really bad downward spiral and the only thing we could think of was to separate ourselves drastically and... you know we had never thought about leaving the country Mm. uh and you know my husband was coming back from work one day and he was reading the midday and you know there was an uh an an ad for uh, immigration to new zealand so we explored that and then there was something else with canada and we explored that and that just boom 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 happened and before we knew it you know we had paperwork and and then we thought, okay, what are we going to do? Let's just go travel. We'll stay there. We'll see, and we always can come back. Hmm. And then we just decided to stay. It's been 25 years now, wow. a little over.
0: And your guests are, and not your guests, your clients are all over the place. Uh, and healing through these virtual sessions can be done. I'm not saying no, but an in-person kind of takes it to a different level. What do you prefer in person or doing it virtually?
1: You know, to me, it matters not. Mm-hmm. Not one is better than the other. Uh, they're, because even when they're here, mm-hmm. most times I do not physically touch anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the big things is I don't want to pick up their energy.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, you know, so I am not a big hugger and, you know, uh, for 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 those reasons when you understand the fundamental of the universe Mm
2: -hmm.
1: and the principles of healing, um, you just close your eyes and create the impact. Mm. Because time and space and all of this, it's all vibrational and it doesn't matter. Mm. If I may just, sorry, there's a caveat here. From, you know, earlier you alluded to um, healing through the mind, even the healing that I do mm-hmm. is a one way street in the sense. So, if you were to, uh, you know, say, uh, Ajita, I have a backache. Okay. Can you help me with that? So, I would just ask you to be still. You could be playing golf. To me, it doesn't matter. But I, I like people, you know, to be a little present with me. Mm-hmm. Um, And I would just go into that space and I would clear it. So it is a very uh, one-sided, you are receiving, you are letting go in which your very fundamental is involved, but the rest of your conscious mind and your body and like you're not really involved with me. And which is what I say in my healing, I will clean your slate through the healing which is a very very quiet process the teaching aspect of it is appealing to your mind and giving you a different perspective on how to think and behave so that you can change your you know sort of your patterns in life that you create you rightly you know sort of alluded to that that we create karma or problems Mm -hmm. uh, by the way we think and behave and and so that's where the brain gets engaged. But in the healing process, uh, pretty well nothing is engaged because it's a very distinct, we'll talk for half an hour and for half an hour we're going to keep quiet and I'll do my thing. So that's kind of the process.
0: Now, you know, when you said, okay, you have a backache and, you know, I have certain aches, you know, we can talk about it separately, but how does, the, uh, you know, I re- really, I'm intuitive, and we can definitely talk more separately on that. But building on to what you've just said, you know, now as a healer, as as a person who's running your own company, you know, as an individual company, uh, you know, do you have a team in place to do your marketing management or you're still a single run person company on how things operate for you today?
1: No, so I do have people who do uh, other related things for me. Uh, you know my my, my uh, joke is and I'm very well aware of what I know and what I don't know okay. so I stick to my lane, I know this and the other stuff so I do have some people um, who, who take care of uh, some of the other stuff.
0: Do you still indulge in interior designing as part of your job uh, you know because that's something which that you've studied, you've done that, do you do that continuing apart from you know practicing healing and spiritual practices?
1: so not very much but okay. I love design and uh, you know I, I designed it on a, on a on a little tissue paper over dinner one day okay. and pretty well nothing has changed from that original design sure. and I really loved the process of you know getting into all of that um, but I think so wherever I get a chance I will but I think my purpose is the healing, and I have, uh, in time, come to the conclusion that the distractions are not meant to be indulged in. Uh, so, if if you were to say Ajita, you know, if you if you have a little bit of time, you know, let's let's build something in Goa or something, <laughs> I would just be, you know, sort of all in very quickly. Uh, but I I try to stay focused on uh, on on this.
0: You know uh, as part of the healing and I would love to come back to this entire process of healing. and this is a selfish question there are so many tools which are available uh, you know in mindfulness practice and breath work and you know and it can go on in spiritual practice there are so many practices uh, which a person can indulge and you spoke about habits you spoke about tools earlier you know how do you craft a blueprint which is encompassing encompassing all these tools or techniques or practices you know and not make it overwhelming for an individual so for example if somebody tells me hey you have to do meditation every day for even for five minutes you know now it's a pr- it's a habit right and I've seen the benefit of it but sometimes the day it takes an effort to take that five minutes out also now that's my mind taking me away from something which I probably enjoy more but that's just one practice there are so many more uh, how, how do you, how does an individual and more importantly you recommend those blueprints but those tools and techniques to come come together I don't okay so
1: I actually so through the process that we're together mm-hmm. so I have some meditations that I have recorded Okay. Um, You know, a lot of them are um, guided meditations, so it becomes easier for a newcomer to, you know, at least just sit and and listen so they're not completely on their own. So, you know, I start with chakra clearing, and, you know, that's our core energy centers. Um, I try not to overwhelm them because it really derails the process because it's like somebody who comes to you with a broken leg mm-hmm. now you're saying that you know you if you play soccer your this leg will become stronger and you know if you play tt your arms will stay strong because your leg is hurt but then you know the rest of you uh, so so now i find that those are the things that actually derail people from the spiritual journey, because we are short of time. There are so many things we have to do, and a lot of these practices are not easy to do. They yeah. are time consuming. Um, you know so breath work, for example, why do we do breath work? We do breath work to clean the soul. Why do we meditate? We meditate to clean the soul. So a lot of this work that we talk about, you know, somatic work, you know, all of this stuff, at the end of the day, what we're trying to do is we're, these are all aspects of shadow work. Yeah. So with my clients, I dive deep into shadow work very specifically. So I have a workbook with, you know, so I do inner child work. I do, um, shadow work. I will do self-love work with them. Right. And there are, that's the homework. So they have to do some meditation. And as they work through each of these questions, Mm -hmm. they, I am doing the healing for them. So I'm cleaning, cleaning their slate while they are going through this kind of an exercise which to a great extent is an intellectual exercise because now they can see okay what is the problem why is the problem and with me they can offload I also try not to sell this book as a tool Mm -hmm. because it's not about answering just the questions it's about the analysis of those questions where the gold lies right and then you build on that for the subsequent things um so when i when that process goes on the requirement for a lot of other things substantially reduces now you know uh, when they leave Mm -hmm. i have some recommendations Mm -hmm. but if you do some very fundamental stuff so all that is taught mm-hmm. you keep your vibration up anise yeah through you know managing your thoughts essentially and therefore you manage your emotions mm-hmm. you don't get into trouble mm. you don't need a lot not everybody is on, on an evolutionary time. journey of yeah. spirituality right they just want to be good yeah. in their everyday life yeah. they become interested in aspects of spirituality but they're not necessarily wanting to go too far ahead with it mm. and it really works and for the ones that are interested in evolving then um, th- you know that's a, a, a little bit of a different a conversation and those people are willing to forego maybe a dinner to do meditation or you know various different things so then i give them different types of tools
2: nice
0: so it's very individualized it's very dependent upon how i would want to prioritize certain aspects and how far should i or would i want to reach and touch the healing process through these different layers it's like peeling the onion right like how far do I want to get to that bud? Uh, and do I really want to get to the bud? Is that, or am I, you know, you, each one of us, like, life happens every day, uh, we may feel we might have got back to bud, but the onions might, the the layers may came, come back with some variety of new aspects, which might, we might have not uncovered or m- might not realize. So For sure. A, yeah. So that's an interesting perspective. Now. Ajita, you know, you've been doing this for some time. Uh, you know, where, where where's next? What's what's the future holds for your company, for what you're doing, for HIIH? You know, how where does the future have, see from here?
1: You know, so I'm going to go back to a statement that you just made about how healing is forever. Yeah. Right? Depending on if you want to. So because I am interested in always evolving, and I'll come back to your question, but this will give you a perspective.
2: Sure.
1: Like I said, I've been this cave healer. I've sat in my cave. I've done my thing. And I've been pretty happy with it. Mm-hmm. I've done, uh, you know, group courses. I've done some talks. And, you know, and I've just been happy doing it this way.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: A lot of my clients and this lady I told you about, the ayahuasca lady, um, you know, they've been after me that I need to scale impact. Yeah. And I've been like, yeah, 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 you know, whatever that means. And it's okay. And, you know, yeah, we'll talk about it. And then I reached a point two years into the conversation that, okay, I am ready. Okay. And yet I could feel a lot of resistance within my heart. And I had to get to a point when I had to stop, look within and say, what is holding you back? Hmm. And I don't know how, how many listeners will go through this podcast, but I'm going to open my heart here and be very honest and vulnerable and tell you, I came up with the fear of being seen. Right. For this, like, you know, people would think I have tremendous confidence and I have no problem in speaking, etc., etc. But that next level required me to up level in a way that would put me in a place Hmm. that I had internal um, wounding and I had to literally go back to the point where it was created Hmm. and began to heal. And so the future now is, I am absolutely thrilled and excited to talk about what healing is. Today we have spoken about bespoke one-on-one healing. I can do a lot of healing for masses and communities with people in a room, you know, there's a, di- a different process. It's a shorter process, obviously, as you can understand. Um, you know, a lot of healing through my teaching, um, you know, so I'm very keen to go to start talking to corporates. Hmm. Corporates are interested in their bottom line because it's a business, understandably so, but it's the human uh, asset That does the work, and then the human asset is wounded. Hmm. So, if we do the work, um, and of course it's it the different types of courses, different types of workshops, Hmm. uh, you know. So the whole idea is to really start talking about healing. um, You know, step out of that cave in a big way, and you know, and, and just own it. And there'll be people who will poo poo it. They don't understand, Um, you know, and I tell people when they say to me, I don't believe in this. I say, if I may say so, don't say you don't believe in it. Just say you don't know enough. And that you're not interested in knowing enough and that you're entitled. You don't want to know that's fine. But, you you know, so that's the whole idea to really talk about what healing is, various types of healing, what the education can do, spiritual teaching, and 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 just going and talking to kids, young adults when they are yeah. just starting their lives, you know, if they know all of these fundamental principles on which the universe is built, and they they start to take those and building their lives, they would not be in as much trouble as we see a lot of uh, you know older millennials and. Yeah so that's sort of uh it's it's a bit of a lofty dream but
0: no uh you know it's an amazing dream Uh, i think you are expanding your wings uh to heal many more people uh rather than you know select few and i wish you best of luck with that because uh definitely it's a very empowering and a very thoughtful journey which you're taking on uh which will probably not only create impact for few, but for many people, as you touch them and as you heal them along the journey. Uh, no, this has been that an is what I could amazing, hope for. Uh, amazing conversation, uh, Ajita. You know, I mentioned before we started recording that this is a more selfish, and these questions were more personal than you know structured, I would say, uh, because I'm on a journey of healing. Uh, as part of my personal growth transformation program and, uh, what I've realized, uh, that, you know, I can only grow if I heal, uh, you know, and when you grow, uh, you, it's like, you know, a, a child when it grows, uh, you know, it's cracking its bones, uh, and you know, the body learns to heal. Uh, and you know, that's how growth happens. Uh, and, uh, you know so if you are in a personal growth you are hurting yourself and you have to heal uh in many ways so no thank yeah. you thank you for taking time out it's been an absolute um, uh, and a wonderful conversation
1: thank you very much and you know i just applaud you for being on this journey i wish you all the very best thank you. you are uh, undertaking something that's not easy yeah. but you I'm sure every day you thank yourself for sticking to it, doing it. And, you know, you alluded to another very uh, great point, which is the conclusion that you have come to, which is amazing. Personal growth without healing is incomplete. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: So, you know, congratulations and God bless you. Uh, I hope uh, you you continue to grow and thrive. Thank Thank you for having me. I really appreciated this was truly a phenomenal um conversation very uh in depth and I hope you had some good takeaways because you have said that this was selfish on your part so I hope yep. that you had some good takeaways from this
0: No definitely I have a lot of notes mental notes and definitely once the show goes live I will have all the transcriptions so and I will ensure that I leave your uh connect and my team will do that so that if there is any audience who would like to get in touch with you, they would do that as well.
1: I appreciate that by all means. Thank Thank you you. so much.
0: Thank you, Ajita. You have a good day and uh, best of luck.
1: Thank you. You too. Take care.